Hi, my name is Akriti Desai. I'm here with FemExec, and today I'm sitting down with Jyoti Dugar, who is CEO of Power of Healing 360 and Bali Natyam Masala. Hi. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no worries. Could you give us a quick explanation on both of your businesses, please? Uh, sure. So during the day, I actually work for the federal government, but I guess you could say by night, <laughs> um, I have uh, these two businesses. So Power of Healing 360 is more of holistic wellness um, for everyone, kids, women, men. Um, so I actually focus on a mind-body energy um, connection uh, which is inside all of us, um, and how to use just simple, easy, and effective techniques um, to to keep us sane and actually uh, embrace the chaos in our lives, and um, and actually move to a state of peace, but then move even beyond that to a state of just pure excitement and, and joy of, of life. Um, and I bring in those same concepts to the, the dance company as well. So I do teach, uh, again, children, um, kids and of all ages and adults. Um, and, I, uh, and we perform at various um, venues like the uh, NBA, WNBA halftime shows, um, as well as other venues as well. And I, I try to combine all of these uh, mind-body energy techniques into the, the, the dance practice as well. So people have a way to... Um, to kind of release the the unnecessary chaos in their lives. Okay, you seem like a really busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot I had three kids too. So, <laughs> yeah. so could you give us like a, a daily routine or what do you do throughout the day where you have to manage your home life and all of these different um, tasks? So I feel like I, I was kind of put into this place for a reason, um, into the wellness space, because I, I do cybersecurity during the day for the federal government. And, you know, the days were just really stressful and would just get really tired. Um, then you would come home and face more stress and, and tiredness, you know, with, with your family and kids. And, um, you know, everything happens for a reason so after the birth of my third baby um there's a lot of mistakes that were made by my ob so i actually ended up not being able to walk for about a year um i was kind of like stuck to the bed um and and but i kind of took that up and i was i was given six weeks to live um unless i got multiple surgeries so i took that as an opportunity to look for other you know there has to be another way so um, and there was. So I actually found a whole slew of um, holistic natural modalities out there. Um, and it took me a good two and a half years to like really get back to a functional state again. But I was able to, um, without any additional surgeries, they made it past that six week mark. Um, so that's really what got me into the wellness industry. And then once you go that route, I think there's no turning back. <laughs> Um, so little by little, you know, I learned how to um, get myself well again, and then um, not just to a state of just, you know, wellness and just kind of coping with life, but I really wanted, I felt like, okay, let's just keep going. Like, let's see what else is out there. Um, and let me, I wanted to like wake up every day feeling excited for the day, not just feeling like, oh, okay, it's Monday again. I have to do all of these things. Um, so I think as I learned, you know, everything came with experience and trying different things out and then trying to integrate these things um, together. So I took like the best parts of each of these modalities and um, formed like my own way of, um, of uh, my own techniques. 
Um, so just so so I think the more people that saw me, like, wow, you just feel so you just you're like a different person. You're so excited. Um, like, well, how do you do it? So then I then then people started coming to like, well, can you teach us? Um, so that's kind of how I. Uh, you know, moved into the, the wellness route. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Like maybe I should just um, be uh, formally trained on these, um, you know, and then try to uh, integrate everything together so that I can form like my own practice and start helping helping others. Um, so I think for me, it was just, you know, I was, just, I, I was given that experience for a reason and then just, you know, making the best use of it and then trying to give back and, and help others. That's what, that's why I get up in the morning. So it's like, there's never a day I would be like, well, I don't really feel like helping anyone today. <laughs> um, there are times I would feel that, but then I, you know, just the act of giving to others and helping someone else out just makes me feel, feel great myself. So it's almost like a win-win. Yeah. And how did you get into your dance company? Um, so dance is one thing that I, I have always done when I, I started when I was three, I think, um, just dancing myself. So I danced my whole life. Um, and then I think after having two kids, I thought to myself, like, well, probably no one wants to see me dance anymore. So maybe, <laughs> maybe not. So maybe I should start teaching others. So um, again, that was actually given to me by experience. So I would take my daughter to another dance studio and I would just get really bored just waiting in the in the hallway while she was dancing. So, um, and I was good friends with the director and I asked her like, well, you know, would you mind if I just do some sort of like dancer size classes for, for um, the other parents that are also waiting there? And that took off, you know, everyone was like really delighted to just, you know, be spending their time uh, well, well, instead of just sitting there waiting for their kids to be done. So I started by teaching um, adults and then I kind of moved on to, I found that my real passion was, was with kids um, as well, just to see them grow and, and just um, become more and more confident in themselves. So, um, so then I started teaching kids. So now I teach both adults and kids. Oh, okay, great. Um, as far as if you, since you have experience in like a traditional job, which is working for the government, have you seen any um, discrimination, at least working in your government job or going on to being a CEO and when you're trying to close deals, people, a lot of people say to uh, me when I'm interviewing them is when they were trying to close a deal and the other person said, well, don't you need to ask your husband before you finish closing the deal? Um, so just if you've experienced something like that, if you could share it. Sure. Yeah. So being in cyber, it's it's already um, you're it's an uphill battle because there's only about ten percent to thirteen percent of women in cyber to begin with um, globally, um, and then being a, an executive in cyber, it's like probably less than one percent. Um, so I found that one, you're you're already going on an uphill battle just to get the job, but then once you get the job. It's, you're continuing to go an uphill battle to prove why you got the job. <laughs> um, you know, almost on a, I wouldn't say on a daily basis. You know, once there, there's a point where you, once you establish yourself, you, you do gain that respect and familiarity with, with people. But, uh, you know, most of the time, if you're a female executive in the cyber or technology world, you're leading um, uh, a group of, of men. So it's really trying to, you know, it's it's one first 
you have to prove why you were why you were selected for the role and they weren't because most of the time they would have applied for your job and may not have gotten it. Uh, but once you're past that point, it's continuing to prove um, why you're still good for the role. Um, you know, and then so at some point you, you get to a balance and okay, people understand you're there. But then you do there there has been times where people um, I've had where people were are trying to purposely um, do things to bring you down or just you know start rumors and things like that. And I don't see that happening a lot between like men to men, but I've seen that happen when there's a, a female leader. Um, that's trying to lead a, you know, a, a group of men. And it's like they try to do whatever they can sometimes if they're insecure themselves. I wouldn't say all men, of course, mm -hmm. but you know, if, if they have a lot of insecurities in themselves and they're trying to do whatever they can to pull you down. Um, and I took that um, as some, you know, it, it, it is hard to go through, I'm not gonna lie, but it, I took it as an opportunity to um, get stronger myself. So not allowing them to turn me, you know, pull, pull me down or not really feeling I have to respond to them. It's like, well, what makes you any special? I'm like, well, I don't really need to answer that. <laughs> you know, so it sounds like there's a lot of insecurities where they're coming from. So that's something that they have to work on, but, but I don't have to immediately react or respond to those kinds of comments. <laughs> So um, was like cyber security or something in the tech field, was that what you studied in college? Um, so when I went to college, it, it didn't really exist as a major, um, but I did electrical engineering. So again, it, it was a pretty uh, male dominated field even back then. And I think it, it's still male dominated even now. So, so I think pretty much all my life, I, for some reason, I just gravitated towards uh, male dominated fields for some reason <laughs> and having to kind of you know work my work my way into it and and um and succeed in those areas but it really did help me um to uh to kind of learn how to think um strategic you know think strategically um and problem solve um but then now combine that with my dance experience that's more on the creative um artistic side so I think overall, all of these things just kind of made me like a well-rounded person, um, which which kind of helps in any any field. Okay, and um, as far as how you kind of started with a government traditional job and then moved on into um, the entrepreneurship mode. So, what is one thing that you uh, didn't expect to do when running a business? Because at the end of the day, we're all just following our passion. Your passion is for wellness. You want to help other people. But at the end of the day, it's still business. So you do have to do those little tiny, um, sometimes tedious clerical work, um, bookkeeping, all those things. So was there something that you found that you had to start to do and you didn't like it at all? Yeah, there's lots of things. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, you said it, you said it beautifully. Like, you know, we, we, we become entrepreneurs because we're, we're trying to do something for someone else and we find that it's, it's valuable for them it's also valuable for us and it would be great if we can just do that like what we're really passionate about and not worry about the rest of the business part um but i you know obviously we can't do that especially when we're when we're first starting out maybe once we get established we can hire others but yeah for me it was actually um you know, I care really uh, deeply about the people that I help, either in wellness or if I'm teaching someone, I keep the dance classes, 
you know, to a, a small number so that I can really focus on each student. And, you know, I, I hate dealing with the money part and especially um, having to enforce the, you know, your contracts or your, your rules, you know, for like, hey, you have to pay by this date. And then when they don't, it's like you have to go to the, the parents or you have to go to back to your clients and be like, okay, well, so, you know, it was, it was kind of due like two weeks ago. And technically, you know, I would be charging you interest. Uh, and it just becomes a very uncomfortable conversation. And then, uh, you know, so, and, and uh, you know, if you're a large corporation, then I think it's, you know, you don't really care about each and every single uh, client. And it's easy to be like, okay, well, now you owe $200 instead of $20. <laughs> and, and then we're going to send the, you know, the, the bad guys after you. But it became like, you know, just very uncomfortable. And then even um, making it more official, like it is a business. It's, you know, I'm not here just volunteering my time freely, um, you know, to, so, and just kind of making that value um, uh, to the other person. That was one thing. And the other part is I'm just totally not a, uh, a salesperson. <laughs> so just learning the media marketing and all, you know, funnels and, email things like that I was like okay well can I just talk about what I love and and people will just come to me and I found out the hard like oh that's not how the world works <laughs> so like what do you what do you mean so you know what do you mean I have to have a copy for a website like what do you mean I have to speak in a certain language I'm like oh I, I just I just speak what's on my mind and, and I try to give so much value to to others when I speak to them um, so it's, it, I think I'm still working on that. Like it's probably not a hundred percent, but I, I don't, I think these are things that I would rather not learn or not know about. But unfortunately, you know, when you have a business, you, you kind of have to go, go to the places that doesn't really excite you sometimes. <laughs> How, um, the small business differs from a larger corporation and in both industries that you're in both dance and wellness, they do have larger multinational corporations that are kind of, um, well, seen obviously as a competitor to your businesses. So how have you been able to still get those customers, maintain that loyalty, at least in your area, and continue to get business when these other corporations can provide that more standardized and sometimes more reliable service? Sure. Yeah. So it, it's an important point. I mean, you do have to know who your competitors are um, and and really like research them, see what they're doing, see what's working for them. Because um, I always believe in, in um, learning from others as well. You're not going to know everything yourself. So see what they're doing right and maybe take some, um, you know, helpful tips and uh, and what they're doing right. But then everyone has their own genius zone. So I'm actually doing an online course called The Doer's Way um, by Grace Lever. And she teaches something called, the. everyone has um, a, a unique thing or skill or just the way approach. Everyone has something that, that's unique to them. And your own experiences and stories and everything that you've gone through is unique to you. So it's almost like looking in, inward to see, well, what makes you different um, from maybe a large corporation? And for me, um, especially from a dance company, it was keeping the, the class sizes small and then really getting to know each student um, or who they are as a, as a whole person. 
Um, so you can start helping them out, um, not just in their dance, but also in other aspects of life. And then from the wellness perspective, um, again, the same thing, like there are, you know, um, hundreds of companies that do wellness, um, you know, and, and, and at thousands or millions of uh, uh, wellness practitioners, but it's, it's kind of finding like, well, what's your niche? Um, what are the type of people that you gravitate towards that you, that you feel like you, you're really passionate about helping? Because you can't really, uh, I did make this mistake in the beginning, like, oh, I want to help everyone with everything. Um, and that's great, but then it also, it doesn't really focus you into, um, where you can really make like a like really deep impact on someone, not just like a superficial level. Um, so again, yeah, so it's finding your niche, um, believing that you do have a, a unique genius zone. So just because somebody else is doing the exact same thing as you, but their genius zone might be completely different from yours. Um, and your approach might be different from theirs. Um, and also finding, sometimes it's finding that, um, what is it that makes a difference? Um, so you might be teaching wellness or dance or cyber, and I might be doing the exact same thing, but then maybe the way I teach it is different or also what I teach is different. Um, you know, especially in the wellness world, there's just so much like out there in terms of natural healing modalities that even if we're teaching the exact same modality and it, it might still be like a little bit of, uh, of a difference yeah i totally agree with you you're not only marketing your service but you're marketing how you teach your service and that's what's right. really yes exactly um i also had a question regarding how you kind of balanced a more like inflexible career with the most flexible career there is, which is entrepreneurship. Um, I noticed that you said that you had children while you were doing your government career. So I wanted to see what your experience was with maternity leave and how you were able to balance your life as a mom, raise, helping raise your kids and also um, manage businesses because businesses are like babies. You have to take care of them like you're, like you're, they're a baby because they are such a big investment for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm a firm believer in time management, but it's not the way most people think of it because they're like, well, how do you find the time? Like, well, you don't find a time. Time has always existed for, since day one but you make time um, and in the way you make, at least what I believe, the way you make time is finding the things um, that you, finding a purpose in things that you do and feeling fulfilled um, from them. So I have never stayed in any job where, um, where I felt like it was a drag to, to get up and go every day or just feel like, oh, you're just another cog in the wheel. It's like the same thing like all the time. So. Um, and I did try those kind of jobs and just for like the money when I was younger and I, and, and I had to learn for myself, like, okay, this is just not for me. I, I, I'm not that type of person that I can just, just have a job for the sake of having a job. So I really needed to find, um, a job that I was, uh, that I believed in the mission, um, of the organization and, and that I felt that I added value, uh, and I could take that organization to a place that, that where I, where I thought set them up for success. Um, so it's almost kind of like finding the type of job that you're meant to have that truly you can get up in the morning and feel excited to go or excited to do, um, from a full-time job perspective, but also it's finding the purpose in the daily things that you do as well. 
So yes, there are things that you might have to do just like a, a, a business, you know, yes, you have to wash dishes or clean your house and you might feel like, well, that doesn't really make me happy. What's the purpose? You know, how do I find purpose in that? Like, well, um, that's when I think being resourceful and really boiling down your funding um, to, to the penny kind of helps because most people think that, well, I don't have the budget to hire uh, external staff or um, like a cleaning uh, uh, um, service. Um, but if you kind of start looking at how else are you spending your money, you might be really surprised because most people tend <laughs> to uh, spend money on things that they don't even realize they're spending money on. Maybe there's a subscription that you signed up for once and you just forgot to cancel it and now you're being billed like on a monthly basis. But even if it's like $5, but it, it starts to add up. Um, or maybe there's something, you know, that, you know, there's a, um, there's actually a natural uh, hair color that, that now you're going to, that, that you can do on your own, um, uh, probably even better than the salon, but then you're spending like hundreds of dollars going to a salon. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if you really start to break down um, your time and your money, you'll probably find that there's a lot of like leeway there, um, even your time. Because people are like, okay, I don't have time. That's great that you're making the time, but we just absolutely don't have any time of the day. I'm like, well, okay, well, let's see how you're spending it. You know, write down exactly, you know, uh, in, your, in your blocks of time, like how much time do you spend sleeping? How much time do you spend talking on the phone with a friend? How much time do you spend on, you know? So, you, so at some point in time, if you start doing that for, you know, a couple of weeks, you can really see, um, okay, so instead of spending my money on that, if I just kind of spend it on um, hiring, uh, you know, outside resources to do a couple of my, my, my jobs, like maybe I need a nanny for a couple hours, um, or maybe I just, you know, I don't want to, what, what is your time worth is, is really the question, you know, so rather than me spending um, two hours cleaning the house or three hours cleaning the house every week. What if I just resource that out, um, but then use that time wisely as well. So that's the part that I think a lot of people miss. Like, oh yeah, I got these resources, but then I just slept for three hours. I'm like, okay, well, if you need that sleep to rejuvenate, that's great. But if you're just sleeping, you know, oversleeping, then you're really not making that money back in, in in a, you know, in an effective way. So it's just kind of like these wellness hacks that I try to use at work, but also at home that, that seems to be like, you know, but helping out in all aspects. Okay. Um, so how far back did you start your businesses, your wellness business and uh, the dance company? Um, so the wellness is relatively new, um, just because before that I was mostly helping friends and family and wasn't really a, a business, you know, it was just kind of, okay, well, you know, here's how we can help you. Let's try this out more, more getting that experience. Um, so I, so that, um, started this year, like beginning of this year. Um, and then my dance have been doing for, for about five years now. So both are relatively, relatively new, um. But my biggest, uh, I think, what I've been trying to do is merge everything into one. So, um, you know, it's hard to merge cyber into dance and wellness, but then I've actually been finding a way to merge the dance and wellness into my, my cyber world. So I actually started a, a health and wellness um, department uh, in my organization. 
Um, so I can teach like Balinatium, like fitness classes. I can also teach like wellness um, techniques for uh, for the IT uh, population, which is which has been a, a great success. I and mean, people are really needing th this kind of outlet. Yeah. So, however many years ago this journey, this mental journey, and then it turned out to be a business journey that started. What would you have said to uh, the Jodi who wanted to start this, who was determined to? Uh, make this one of her passions. Uh, anything that you've learned across your years of experience that if you could go back, you would tell her. Sure. I mean, you know, when you when you're first starting, you know, everything seems scary, and you know, there's a lot of anxiety. Like, is it going to work? You know, what if I say the wrong thing? And this kind of podcast, I don't think I would I would have ever imagined uh, me doing. Maybe like even two years ago. Um, so it's just kind of like taking that first step. So I'd probably tell you, you know, just take the first step. You don't need to know what's going to happen, like, you know, 10 steps later. Just know that, you know, until you take the first step, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. So it's, you know, so I, so I would probably like use the reference of a GPS. Someone told me this once, like, you know, when you, when you enter a destination in the GPS, you don't really know all the steps um, the GPS is going to make you go through to get to that destination. But you just have to believe that you will get to the destination and then just go, you know, just follow the GPS, like, you know, one step at a time and just have that faith that you will get there. Um, so I think that, that, you know, I was, I was when I was uh, younger and, and I think before I started all of this, you know, there was always that anxiety, like, well, and like you said, you know, oh, there's so much competition out there. Like, who am I to, to be any different from them? Why would people come to me? Um, but it, but something told me, but it is the right thing to do. So I think it's also like listening to, to my intuition um, and giving that a lot of um, importance. Because a lot of times I think as women, we tend to do things that other people want. You know, maybe our parents wanna, want us to just stick with your um, government job. Hey, you know, it's stable, so just do that. And, <laughs> you know, why are you doing all this other stuff? Um, but when you listen to your heart, like it's never, you're never gonna go wrong. Um, even if it's not, successful as a business per se, but your learning experience from that will, will always be good for you. So whatever you learn from that, you can always use it in, in anywhere you go. All right, and for my final question, uh, what advice do you have to the future female business owners that are listening? Yeah, so I think a lot of it um, I covered already, but again, it's, just, it's not being afraid of who you are authentically, um, you know, and bringing that shiny, don't be afraid to shine your light. Everyone has a light, everyone has a genius zone, um, everyone is unique in their own ways. So don't look at, you know, somebody else as competition or, or be fearful of competition that they're, no one's gonna come to you. Like you are, you're the only person that, that's you, you know, and you're the only person that's gone through your own experiences and can bring that to to light and, and help others with what they're going through. So, um, so just not you know don't be afraid of shining your light and uh, and just be authentic and, and genuine. You know you don't have to put on a masculine mask or any other mask just to please please others. All right, thank you so much for doing this interview. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, where can our followers uh, find you and your businesses? Um, sure. So if you just go to www.jothidugar.com, so it's J-O-T-H-I, 
dugar, D-U-G-A-R.com. That's my website. Um, or you can feel free to email me at jothi, J-O-T-H-I dot dugar, D-U-G-A-R uh, at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.